Hey guys, it's Jesse. Welcome to the Strong Like Bull podcast. Today is the first episode, the first interview of the Failtrepreneur series. Now, I just want to make it clear. Failtrepreneur, the series is not about people that are failures. It is about people that are successful, but have failed their way to success. You see, for me, it's hard to look at somebody that's successful and to be motivated by them when I don't know their backstory. When I see uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is worth hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions, maybe even billions now of dollars, it's hard for me to say, wow, I can relate to that guy. I'm a male, I look at myself as muscular, he's male, he's muscular, he has money, I want money. it's It's hard to actually find common ground. But when I then see that he failed growing up, that he wanted to be a college football player, he did very well at it, but he got injured, didn't make it into the into the NFL. He went to the Canadian Football League, got cut from those teams over and over and over again. He had $7 left to his name, kicked to the curb, and he had one, one motivation, one little fire under his big but, and it was, I have $7 in my pocket, and I know I want more, or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing here. That to me is relatable, right? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired about not having the life that I want. So the Failtrepreneur series is for you guys to be able to look at successful people that you may want to emulate, that may have some level of lifestyles or success that you want, and being able to see how they struggled, how they failed, the emotions they had, the upbringing they had, the different experiences they had, so that you may be able to relate and say, hey, you know, she has a lifestyle I want, I'm not quite there yet, but she wanted to be a veterinarian, but she didn't do it because she got sucked into something else, which she failed at, but ultimately she got to where she wanted to be because she kept going. So I'm gonna be that person that keeps going too, like her, because I've also failed, but I know I want this, right? That's what this podcast is about. So this interview is with Mackenzie Watt. She's a family friend of ours. I hang, me and Danielle, my, who's my wife, hang out with Mackenzie and her husband, Josh, uh, quite often. I know her by, by her level of success, and that's why I wanted to interview her, because I wanted to know, hey, what, what was it like for you before this? Did you fail? Did you struggle? Did you just, were you just handing this on a golden platter? What was it actually like? So this was a very exciting and interesting podcast for me. I think it will be for you guys as well. Now, again, she is, by my standards, and I have high standards, she is successful. So don't hold that against me, Mackenzie, next time we hold out. Don't, don't strong arm me. And I, I know you're not like that, so you won't do that. But uh, yeah, I ho- really hope you guys enjoy this awesome, awesome interview here with a lot of good nuggets in here that if you implement a few of these things that Mackenzie say, it will put you on the right track. So enjoy. So I'm here with Mackenzie Watts, and what we're going to do today, like I said with Phil Trepreneur, is we want to focus on basically how we got to where we are um, through our failures. And Mackenzie, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you do for work now and your position and kind of your, your success with that to give a backdrop of what they can compare it to. So I, I work for Vivint Solar and I knock doors for a living. Um, and you don't get paid to knock on the doors, right? Don't get paid to knock on the doors, yeah. Um, just get paid to I guess get them to install um so it's a long road long hard road to get them to that point but um 
but yeah, I've been doing that for six years now. Um, and before that, I did car sales. So mm -hmm. car sales is... So that part I knew about you. I know you did car sales, and you were pretty good at that too, correct? Yeah. From my understanding. And one of the things I heard on one of your other podcasts was that you actually have a degree in sales, right? Yes. And is that a bachelor's or... Bachelor's, bachelor's degree. And where was that? Because I didn't even know there was a degree for that. So it's at, at Weber State University. And where's and that out of? In Utah. That's in Utah? Okay. And that's like, it is one of the only um, colleges that, that, that does it. Hmm. I think there's only two colleges in the entire U.S. that offers that. So before you went to school for that, did you have any experience in sales? No, it was funny because I was um, a waitress trying to put myself through college okay. and trying to figure out what I wanted to major in in college too because I graduated my associates so then I had to figure out like what, what? did you graduate with your associates for um it was just a so associates of science I think yeah okay um so it was but associates is more general right and you more pick. broad yep. yep yeah um so I was just like trying to find you know what I wanted to do but this guy that I was doing painting work for actually um painting work so I, I used to do holiday window painting, like what you oh, see yes. on businesses when you when you come With in. With like the Christmas wreaths, 50% off Christmas sales, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah so okay. I used to do that and I got a client at a dealership and and I was doing, you know, advertisements on their cars, on okay. their car windows and stuff in the malls and he was like you know you have a really good personality the manager that I was working with he's like you should try sales have you ever tried it I'm like no he's like you should try it and I remember coming home that day and telling my parents I was like okay I'm gonna sell cars and <laughs> my mom was like no you're not <laughs> yeah that's, I think that'd be everyone's response right and my dad was like yeah yeah that would be huh? awesome yeah and I was actually used to going to the car lots because my dad would take us like every Saturday to car lots? Yeah. To just look at cars? He loves cars. So he would just go to dealerships and look at cars? Wow. I've never heard. Yeah. I, I know people that, I'm into cars, but I've never would think of going to a dealership because you get, you know, when you think of a car salesman, you think of... Getting swarmed. Yeah, getting swarmed. As soon as you get on that lot, you yeah. know, oh, that that's your guy, you know, and they're sent out to you. So what, like, so when I think of car sales, you know, I've, I've considered actually a few times, I almost did an interview at Mercedes-Benz down not too far from here. And another one at Por uh, Porsche in Burlington, but ultimately the stigma with that is um, long hours, right? So, like one of the things with fail, fail entrepreneur is you get in your own head too much and you talk yourself out of opportunities. So I talked myself out of those two potential opportunities because I thought, from other people's experience, long hours, things like that. Did that cross your mind at all when you got into it, or did you basically have a blank slate and you were just focused on the opportunity within it? Um, I, I would say I had a blank slate, but I was used to working, like, I was, I Long was hours pushing already. myself pretty okay. hard at that point, just with school, oh, and yeah. so yeah. I was like, okay, well, um, this has good, good financial opportunity, mm -hmm. and it can be helped me get through school, so I yeah. think I was like, what the heck, you know, gotta, yeah. gotta figure out how to put yourself through school anyway. You so know? you did car sales and college at the same time. How'd you balance that? It was really hard. Well, I, yeah, it is long I, hours, yeah. I would basically, like, yeah, so th the cool thing when I switched my major to sales is I could come home from a day at, on the lot mm -hmm. and f do all my homework based off of what I was doing at work, you oh, know? But it okay. took a long time to get there because 
I had changed my major four times. Did you? So what were those? What were those changes? <laughs> so I started with anthropology, which is the study of like human. Mm, <laughs> it's it's like um. It's uh, like like human culture basically. Oh okay okay. Yeah. So which now I, looking at myself, I'm like I don't know how I would even put myself there. And then it, social work was another yep. one. Um, and then political, I was lo- looking oh, into really? doing political sciences. Um, and yeah, so it was just like, like, so I picked four things that I, I failed at. You know, I yep. learned that they're they're not the right thing for me. But then I was in a job that I'm like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. I'm like, and did you enjoy doing it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I should just switch my degree to sales, and that's when yeah. I did it. So yeah, you brought up a good point. You said. You, you had four things and you learned that you really didn't like it, right? So a lot of pe- times people will not see it as a lesson, but they'll see that more as a failure. And so the name fail entrepreneur is kind of like uh, not really accurate because you're not failing, you're actually learning. As long as you learn, right, you're, you're moving in the right direction. The only way you fail is if you don't learn from it. So the whole fail entrepreneur name is to kind of get people's attention. You know, you're failing your way to success, but really you're learning, you're becoming self-aware of yourself to success. Um, so like for the average Joe listening, they may have been in that spot and said, oh, you know, I went to school for anthropology and I didn't like it, so I dropped out, right? And then, you know, altogether, they wouldn't have had those learning experience, which ultimately got you to where you are now. So with the with the car sales, like what, what did you find, like what resonated with you in that? Like did you, were there parts of it that you didn't like? Were there parts of it that you did like? What was what was that like? I think my, so my, my manager at the time, he's like, just give it three three to six months, you know, before you make any decisions on Okay. He's like, I won't let you quit before then. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. You know, and that, that was really good. I'm glad he did that yeah. because there was a lot of days I went home crying. Really? <laughs> there was a lot of days that I was like, I hate this job, you know? Um, what was it that you, that you weren't liking? Just, I mean, people are very rude to you, yeah. you know? They, they won't give you the time of day. You know, you have deals that don't go through. It's a straight commission job. Yeah, yeah. Like no draw or anything with that. Well, you had a draw, but like if you still have to pay it back. Yeah, yeah. you know, a draw it's, is yeah. like alone. Alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just as much pressure as like not having it. Right. Like, you know. Um. So. So yeah, it was just he, he was like, I'm not gonna let you quit before then, and so I I was like, okay, well, gotta <laughs> gotta grind through this, and then you know by I've noticed like once I would push through those hard things, like the next day, I felt like stronger. Okay. And I felt like, okay, now I've learned that now, you know, and I got better. Um, next roadblock. Next roadblock. Yeah. Hmm. You can just like approach the next situation because you're like, okay, learn this here. Now we can approach the stronger cause I got through that. Right. You know? right. So I kind of took it as a challenge. So do you think you would have stuck through it if it wasn't for your manager or do you think you had some, uh, like personal development, like skills that kept you going or was it a combination? I think it was a combination because now that I've, I've, I've taken that as a leader and I, you know, tell that to all my new reps, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, you can't really decide if you like this job or not. Like if you haven't given it proper, like proper amount proper of time. time and I honestly think six months is better than three. Six months. Okay. You know, because then they can actually get through all of the learning curves and really make a good decision on if they like it or not, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, 
Um, Throwing the towel in too early? Yeah, and yeah. just deciding they don't like it just because they, they ran into a roadblock, yeah. like, you know? So that pushing through. That was uh, that was probably my issue when we did out in, in California was a lot of rejection. You're in an unknown area, and you know Vivint has had great support out there. Like all the managers and everything was. It was actually like a great great culture and uh, place to work at. But the the biggest thing was, you know, you deal with that rejection. You deal with um, you know people just being rude, and it kind of gets to you. And it's like. And for me, it's like, well, if I stick through this, am I just settling with this or am I actually enjoying what I'm doing? You know what I mean? So it's like, sure, I could work through these these issues, you know, of this rejection. Um, but even if I get past this rejection, is this something that I actually, you know, want to stick with and, and stay with? So did you have that thought at all when you were doing it? it was like, is this something I'm actually going to enjoy or am I kind of, uh, you know, fooling myself into thinking I'm, I'm liking this? No, um, and like I, I know I, it was more so I think I found my thing, you know, Okay. but I found it early and a lot of people think that, you know, I didn't fail to get to that point, right. but I did because right. I changed my major four times like yeah. that, yeah, you know, that, yeah. and, um, sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes it takes you a shorter amount of time. Sometimes it takes you a longer amount mm -hmm. of time, but you have to have compassion with yourself either way. Right. You know? Yeah. Can't be too hard on yourself. So what were you like as a kid growing up? Like, what did you want to be growing up? Like, what did you see yourself oh, doing? Oh, everything. But <laughs> everything? I, <laughs> I think that the, the first thing was, like, a vet. Like, I always loved you, animals. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I was like... Super. Well, now I know why you've had two litters of puppies. So. Yep. <laughs> but I always wanted to do that, yeah, too, okay. you know? Yep. So um, I, I wanted to either be a vet or I Harriet the spy. I wanted to be a detective. A detective, like, yeah. Yeah, so... Like, literally everything in the book, but I noticed what was different about me in, like, junior high and high school um, than my other friends. I tried everything. I tried cheerleading, mm -hmm. volleyball, band. Okay, yeah. What like, instrument did you play? The, uh, well, I played the viola, and I didn't do well with, like... Is that the big or small string? Smaller That's string, That's the smaller yeah. one? Okay. So, band, you know, like, art, woodworking, like, I, I did it all, and... Come to find out, I'm not coordinated. Like, oh, I'm, really? I'm not coordinated. I'm okay. not. I'm not athletic. Can't pay attention very easily for a very long time. You know. So, yeah. So like the sports wasn't my thing, but I got into student government, and that's and I liked student government. You did too. Okay. What did you like about that? I think I, I like the like leadership as aspect of it. Okay. Um, you know, being being able to um, help people to. I don't know, uh, like push people out of their comfort zones more okay. so in student government because I feel like you're trying to get people to go to clubs and stuff and, you know, mm. um, join join in the rallies and... Yep, you know, so, take note of what's going around the school and trying to, you know, make it better for the students. So I think like what was different for me is I, I just tried a lot of different things and if I failed at it, I'm like, okay, this is not my thing. Take note of what you liked and didn't like, yeah. Exactly. So one of the other podcasts that I did was, um, I think the most important personal development trait is self-awareness. Because if you're not aware of what you like and don't like, you're going to be go going through life like a ping pong ball, right? Back and forth, back and forth, but you're not really going any particular direction because you're not making note of what makes you happy, what drives you, and you know ultimately what doesn't make you happy and what you know doesn't drive you. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's you know, interesting to hear that that is... Well, you know what you think was one of the um, bigger things for you as well 
So coming up to now, you were the was the youngest person. Like what 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 are your accolades now? So um, I was the youngest um, dis district manager yep. for Vivint Solar. Promoted yep. at twenty one. At twenty one, and you're yeah. how old now? Um, now I'm twenty twenty eight or twenty eight <laughs> seven twenty seven. Twenty seven, yeah. Okay, um, twenty seven, and uh, I was the second female. Um, okay, that's right. Yeah. Manager yep. um, in Vivint, but now I've been. Now I've opened an office for them, which was extremely hard. Mm -hmm. um, and that was where? In New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you think, I, I don't think, you think solar, you're not thinking New Hampshire, you're thinking California, Arizona, you know, those southern states where they get a lot of sun. So what, what was that like, opening an office in New Hampshire? Conservative, you know, not, I mean, it's, it's very sunny, it's a beautiful state, but you don't think of it as being one that would be particularly well for solar. So what was that like? It was super hard, probably the hardest thing I've ever done, um, because it was like all on me. It was like starting your own business yep. up there, you know? You have to find your own. I had to recruit, I had to manage, I had to train these people. While also selling? While also While selling. While also, Jesus. Yeah, so, well, because I had to figure out like what what was, was going to turn New Hampshire people to solar, yep. you know? Because yep. they are different, they're a different yep. type of people than what I was used to even in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. you know? So. Yep. Um, and it was a different product too. It was it was a loan only market. That's right. Yeah. So they could only purchase their systems. So, it that was like the true fail to <laughs> fail. How do you say? Fail entrepreneur. Fail entrepreneur. Yeah. Danielle, can you say it? Fail entrepreneur. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It, used, it used to be fail. Nopature. Fail nopature. Yeah. Oh. I still have a hard time spelling it. It probably wasn't the best domain name because I have to. <laughs> Type in entrepreneur into Google, have Google correct it for me, delete the EN and put fail before it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's a struggle, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, because, um, you know, so, some might take New Hampshire as a failure because we pulled out like mm -hmm. a year later, you okay. know, but I learned so much. How'd you deal with that after, after that work and having to ultimately decide, pull the plug on it? Um, it was hard. I cried a lot yeah. because it was like, I, this had been my baby for a year and a half mm -hmm. and you know, I put my heart and soul and everything into it and to, you know, make that decision to pull out was probably one of the hardest Thank business you. decisions I've ever yeah. had to make, you know, but I came back into Massachusetts way more successful because of what I had gone Facing all the hardship. So when you say you cried a lot, like, I don't want to, you know, make you vulnerable, but like how, like, did you just cry for a few hours? Like, what was that process like? No, it was like, you know, I'd come- Weeks, days? We, yeah, I'd come home and cry to Josh, my husband. Like, I'd be like, I don't know if this is, is gonna work, you know? Or, you know, I'm worried about my reps because I had all them on my back too. Oh yeah. And them making money. And, you know, I'm worried about my co-manager, Don Gomez. You know, I want, I want this to- Oh, he was up there with you? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, um, it was just a lot of weight, you know, not, and it wasn't just me. It was like everyone else's weight, but relying on you, on you. Yeah. It was a different pressure, but the pressure was good yep. because it made me super strong, you know? So you then got relocated to Boston North, right? Is that what yeah. it was? Yep. And was there already, that was already established? Already established. And that has, was where I came from. Oh, it was where you came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so what, what was that like going back? Because for the average person, you know, you're, you're given the chance to go open your own, you know, your own, uh, branch up there and 
ultimately, you know, people would determine you failed, right? Mm -hmm. um, you didn't let that get to you. So how, how did you deal with that when you came back well, to I Boston? Think, um, you know, Don and I both came back with, you know, so much gratitude for the opportunity really? to come back. Okay. And, you know, because that we took advantage of, you know, the opportunity, we, we just grinded, we went right back to work. Whereas, you know, when our, our co-partners, you know, that had stayed there and, you know, yep. it'd been an easier time, they had been, you know, a little bit more comfortable through that time. You know, I think that they, they, they didn't understand like how good they had it, you know, cause Don <laughs> yeah. and I are like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're coming back and we're taking full advantage of it because yeah. we know what it was on the other side, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, yeah. I think it was gratitude really. Really? Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah. So where do you see yourself in the future? Do you want to stick in sales? Do you want to stay in solar? Like what is, what is your future plans short and long term? Yeah, um, I definitely, like, sales is my thing. My, it is, yeah. Yeah, sales and, and managing and leading, I really, I, I love that because, you know, sales is a good basis, but, you know, challenging myself in leadership is super hard, mm -hmm. and I like that it's giving me a new challenge in sales, you know, because it can sometimes get mundane. Doing the, the Just sales. Just sales, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So, like like trying to switch that and become good at actually leading and, and when you say leading what are you leading people to do just um to lead their life really you okay. know influencing them to like even the new people who have never tried sales like my mentor did right yep. he 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 saw something in me that i didn't see in myself yep and like for me to be able to do that for someone change their life around like, yeah i guess that's that's what i go for you know now is you know, to see something in them and have them succeed in this job. So seeing the potential in somebody that they might not even see in themselves, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because uh, that's, so the way I got into sales was I, I moved out to California and I, all the job listings, I was looking at everything and they all need previous experience or college degrees or something like that. And I got fed up and said, screw it. I sent my resume to the next 10 listings that I found. And one guy called me back, Gary Mumford out in uh, Torrance, California. And I didn't know what it was for at the time, but he's like, oh, come to my office. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's do that. So I went to his office, I was, I was wowed. You know, a bunch of people in suits, really nice office. It was like, it's like the conference room was the one with like the glass partitioners and everything like that, yeah. and the screen on, on the end, and everyone's dressed up nice. And I'm just like, wow, like these guys are living the life, right? Like that's how I imagined people that were successful. You know, that was my view on it. And so the way they did it was, it wasn't really an interview, it was more of, you know, you sit down, the person that was leading the the presentation was actually just practicing for when he went out and did his, his job. And so when he was doing it, I was I was basically like a consumer at that point because I didn't know what it was about. And I was like, wow, like I wanna I wanna buy this, you know, I wanna I wanna get this product. And it was for a life insurance policy that you can use to supplement your retirement. So if you don't die, you know, before you retire, you can actually then um, use the money for the rest of your life. They actually pay you an annual um, income. So you, so we were supplementing federal employees' retirement. So they received 60% of their retirement, you know, of their highest salary. We would then bridge that 40% gap with these policies. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, that, that's really cool. It's noble, it helps their family out, you know, if they die in the meantime, and if they get sick, there's also other ways they can use that money as well. I didn't, I didn't read, obviously, the full, um, <laughs> the full job listing because he wanted you to already have your life insurance license 
and I've never looked into life insurance before in my life. And so after the presentation, he was like, what do you think? And I was like, wow, that, that's awesome. Uh, so what do I need to do? He's like, well, you know, you just got a contract with us. And I was like, well, how do you do that? And he kind of looked at me. He's like, well, you, you have your license. And I was like, for, for yeah, for what? And uh, he's like, to sell life insurance. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't. He's like, okay. And we've already been talking at that time for, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And he's like, well, he's like, I usually don't do this because it's a waste of time. He's like, but, you know, I see the potential in you. You know, you can talk openly and, and communicate and stuff like that. He's like, so like, you know, I'll train you while you're getting your life insurance license and that way you can hit the ground running. And so this was a complete stranger, right? Like I, and, and this is Torrance, California. And for those who don't know, like this is predominantly like a black area with borders Compton and stuff like that. And he was raised in Compton. And so for somebody that grew up in a, a situation where he was telling me he used to get like jumped all the time, uh, going to school, like it, it was crazy. And for him to see the potential and give me the opportunity as well, like you said, was like, wow, like people are, are generous, believe it or not, out there, people are generous. And so I, I got into it um, that way. So that was kind of, you know, like you, somebody saw the potential in you and, and was willing to give you their time and invest in you so that you could then better yourself so then you feel the need to give it back. And that's kind of why I'm, I want to do these interviews because although I haven't reached my definition of success by any means um, on a business level, it's like, the all the failures you know that i've had that you've had we don't really look at them as failures we we kind of look back and laugh at them but we see the value in each of those you know experiences right yeah and to you know my my brother my mom they're they're afraid to step out of their comfort zone into starting their own business right like my mom wants to start a you know, doggy daycare business, right? And she, she has some people that come to her and give her, her dogs, but she wants to, you know, fence in a huge part of the yard and everything like that, but she's afraid to take that next step because what if I buy all this fencing and then nobody wants to come here or anything like that? And it's like, who cares? You know, we've, we, I've spent probably tens of thousands of dollars on leads and moving costs trying to find, you know, a business and look where I am, right? Like I'm no worse off than I was before. Um, in fact, I'm probably better off now because I know more about myself, right? Exactly. Um, so what would be the final thing for you to say? Because I just talked about myself for way too long on an interview about you. What would be your, um, your, like your biggest takeaway for somebody that's intre or that wants to do something, whether it's start their own business or, or get into sales or, or something like that? What would be your, kind of your biggest uh, recommendation to them when it comes to them being worried about trying and failing? I would say that, you know, if it feels uncomfortable, do it. <laughs> feels, okay. If it feels like, you know, it's something that you are unsure you can do, like, try, you mm -hmm. know? Um, just because, like, in this life, what I've learned, like, you will grow the most, like, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's not, not only, like, you know, you're going to grow and learn about yourself more. Mm -hmm. Because I think that if you don't push yourself out of your comfort zone, you also don't learn right. that self-awareness that right. you were talking about yep. you know yep. and which is huge key you know to finding where you want to go in life mm -hmm. it's huge mm -hmm. it's actually the that's the only way you can do it really. right yeah and so one of the biggest things for me was it, it still is is having that if i don't if i don't achieve this by that you know i i need to give up or something like that and I don't think that's the right way to approach it because if you're into something, you should stick with it to the end, right? What would be your kind of, how did you know 
even though, because when you first got into, into the car sales, right, you said it was very hard for you to go home crying. How did you actually stick through that? Because I think that's where a lot of people fail, where, where they'll be like, you know what, I gave it this amount of time, and I don't think I'm passionate, or I don't think I'm into it. What would kind of, if you could summarize for somebody how to stick it out, you know, what would be the parameters for that? I would say um, start by, you know, focusing on, on keeping commitments to yourself because that's what it all boils down to. So like on a personal level? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, even everyday commitments, like, you know, if you say you're going to get off this, like, you know, do Make it. the bed. Make the bed. Yeah. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. Um, keep these commitments with yourself because that builds confidence. Hmm. And it's the same thing with like, you know, if you set a goal for yourself to stay in this job for so long to figure out if you like it, keep that commitment, you know, because yeah. then you have a, a timeline, right? You know, you give yourself a timeline, which is important to do, you know, but you have to like keep that commitment to yourself um, because if you don't keep it, like keep those commitments, you're not going to build the confidence that you need in yourself. It's a great point. It's a great point. And I'll leave it on that note. So Mackenzie, I thank you for doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think Cactus was a really good way to pet him while also doing the interview. He really <laughs> enjoyed this. Um, <laughs> and it also made it, you know, an easier way to communicate somewhat because it wasn't just us talking. It was a dog to pet as well. So <laughs> thank you for that, so Mackenzie. Awesome. And uh, yeah, good luck on the rest of your endeavors. Thank you. You too. Wow, what an interview, what an interview. That sounds so corny and so cheesy, but I, I actually mean that. And my main takeaway, at least for me from that, was anytime you get into something, give yourself a certain amount of time to get through the learning curve and to actually see what it's like in that opportunity while you're in stride. So in this example, Mackenzie, her manager at the car dealership said, you have to at least do this for three to six months. Like you can't quit until after that, until you understand, you know, how to sell a car, you know, what the components of a car are and, and all those kinds of things, right? That to me is the biggest takeaway because in my experience, I oftentimes get into something and I easily get discouraged. And if I don't hold myself to some standard, have some level some time frame that I'm gonna stick it out and if I still don't like it by that time I'm done if I don't do that it, it's not gonna last there's no way and I think you're gonna miss a lot of opportunities and a lot of good experiences if you throw in the towel too quickly so that's my main takeaway but there was a lot of good stuff in there hope you guys enjoyed it stay tuned for our next interview not sure what it's gonna be with yet but I promise you it's gonna be a good one stay strong guys and keep failing your way to success.